Hi there, this is John from the freegiftfromgod.com podcast. I'm continuing to read the insights I've found while seeking to understand what the scriptures say the true church of God should look like. All of this information comes from my free ebook titled The True Church of God, and it can be downloaded freely at the freegiftfromgod.com website. So let me continue reading, and I hope you find something of value in the insights that the Lord has given to me. The fourth ministry gift defined in Ephesians 4.11 is the gift to be a pastor. And his gifts were that some should be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Ephesians 4 verse 11. Today, the term of pastor is one of the most overused and abused titles in the Christian church, especially in the non-denominational and independent churches. It seems as though every church has someone as the pastor of the church. But these people do not necessarily fulfill the role of a pastor from the perspective of the ministry gifts given by the Lord. The role of a pastor in the ministry gifts is a very specific one, and it has certain functions and aspects that have been missed by the modern church. This is especially true when the pastor in some churches is expected to be all things to everyone, both inside and outside of the church. They are often looked up to as the head of the church, and as you will recall from earlier discussions about antichrist structures, that is not a good thing. To be a pastor is just another ministry, as are the other ministry gifts from the Lord. A pastor is not necessarily the leader of the church, although they do have a leadership role within the congregation of the church. Like the work of prophets, pastoral work is internally focused in the church. The role of the pastor is within the congregation rather than working outside of the church as an evangelist or apostle will do. Let's take a look at the meaning of the Greek word translated as pastor to get an idea of who and what a pastor actually is and what role they are meant to fill in the church. The Greek word basically means a shepherd, one who cares for and guides a congregation. There is also a reference to pastors in the Old Testament Hebrew, specifically in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 3, where pastors are also referred to as shepherds. Throughout the Bible, we often see the same word translated as either pastor or shepherd, and the term shepherd gives us an insight into the role of the pastor. Just as a shepherd watches over the flock of sheep, so too a pastor watches over the flock of the Lord, his people. A shepherd has the responsibility to care for the sheep, to ensure they are fed, to protect them from harm, to look after them when they are ill, and to ensure none of the sheep go astray and get lost. It's exactly the same for pastors in the church. They too are tasked with the care, feeding, protection, and so on for the flock of God. This is their role, and it is given as a gift from the Lord to those best able to do it. No one can take this gift, just as they can't take the rest of the gifts, but is given by the Lord. There are examples of pastoral work throughout the scripture. Jesus is often referred to as the great shepherd of the flock, and so he is. So it is in his examples that we often see how a pastor should work. Note these scriptures. What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbours, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. Luke chapter 15, verses 4 to 6. 
Here, Jesus is giving an analogy, but in it we see the work of the shepherd, or the pastor, to protect those who may go astray. The shepherd, or the pastor, works with the sheep, that's the people, in his flock to ensure they are not lost. Jesus also appointed the Apostle Peter as the first pastor of the church to take over the shepherding work after Jesus died. And this raises another salient point. It is not unusual that some people may have more than one gift. Peter was both an apostle and pastor. So too, Paul was an apostle, teacher and evangelist. All of the apostles were the first teachers in the church too. When they had finished their breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. John chapter 21, verses 15 to 17. Three times Jesus instructed Simon Peter regarding the pastoral work he was to undertake. First, Jesus told Peter to feed my lambs. That is, to be sure the young Christians and new converts would be fed the truth of the gospel and not be entangled in wrong doctrines from the beginning. This was important because shortly thereafter, Peter would stand up on the day of Pentecost proclaiming the gospel, and there would be approximately 3,000 new converts on that one day. The second impression Jesus made upon Peter was to tend my sheep. This is pastoral care. Look after the congregation and ensure they have what they need to grow and be protected from the outside world. Keep them safe from predators, especially spiritual predators, just as a shepherd protects sheep from foxes, wolves, bears and lions. The third point Jesus made with Peter was to feed my sheep. Sheep are not the young in Christ. These are not the new convert lambs, but are those who have been around for a while. Lambs need the right food to grow, and so do sheep. The food for lambs and sheep will be different. Lambs need milk, but sheep need solid food, and it is the same with the church. New converts need the gospel teachings, but sheep need the deeper doctrines. Jesus wants his sheep to mature, and to do that they must be fed the right spiritual food, the good doctrines and teachings of Jesus Christ. The pastoral ministry is well summed up in these few words, and although it may be a daunting task, it does not have to be. Many pastors today have to do all of this as well as almost every other task in their church. They are constantly riding an emotional and spiritual roller coaster trying to juggle all of their responsibilities. The role of the pastor is not the only role in a church, and when the church is structured correctly, it will work as it should. The pastor will be supported by teachers, evangelists and elders to spread the workload so that no one person is overwhelmed. The pastor is then just one member of a team that supports the work of the church. The Lord never intended for one man to be burdened to the extent that they break down, but this is happening frequently in the modern church. It's important also to remember the exhortation of the Lord to all of his people. Come to me, all who labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's Matthew 11, verses 28 to 30. When we are yoked to the Lord, our burden is lightened because he bears the brunt of the load. When we try to do it all ourselves, or when others force more and more burden onto us, then we need to bring it to the Lord and seek his way forward so that no one is burdened to a breaking point, but the load is shared. This is especially crucial for pastors today who seem to be overburdened and need help before they succumb to a breakdown. Let pastors focus on the work of pastoring and let those who are gifted with teaching, prophecy, evangelism or administrative work or anything else assist in the ways that they can do best. That's all I have for this week. I hope you found this interesting and I hope you'll join me again next week as I continue looking at these aspects of the true church of God. All of the information I'm covering here is contained in a free ebook titled The True Church of God that can be downloaded from the freegiftfromgod.com website. So until next week, this is John from the freegiftfromgod.com podcast signing off and hoping you have a blessed week ahead. God bless you.